And we're back, September 13th, 2019, the 23rd anniversary of the release of the lone film Holly Berry has ever gone on record after the fact, saying she knew at the time would be a mess of a picture in The Rich Man's Wife. She admitted so recently on James Corden. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike... We had a lovely evening. A lovely evening. It was a nice night. We're just walking out of Downton Abbey. It is the premiere, the world premiere night. Sure is. It's happening in Australia. It's happening across the pond in Great Britain there. And this was a one-night-only preview, 7 p.m., one Mm -hmm. screening only in a few towns, Michael. Mm Mm-hmm. A couple towns over, we got the big, shiny, beautiful movie theater, right? Very up-to-date, very Where we go, we got the leather seats. Mm -hmm. I checked on Fandango. Modern society. Checked on Fandango. That was filling up. Right. During the day today, Mm -hmm. so I was really happy. I was like, all right, this is a good sign for the movie, right? Yeah. You and I argued a little bit, as we do. (laughs) Mike, should I buy... No, this is not how this went already. Okay. I was texted by you, and you said, I'm going to buy tickets tickets early. Yeah. Because I don't want to run the risk of, of, we both were taking our mothers because they both like Downton Abbey. I don't want to run the risk right. of my mother not being able to see this yes. movie. Yeah. To which I responded, knowing that we were seeing this in my local Podunk <laughs> theater, if Downton Abbey is sold out ahead of time in yeah. my town, I will pay you $1 million. And it offended me. I'm not going to lie. It offended me immediately because I'm like, you don't know how many people love Downton Abbey. And how did this play out? What happened? So we get there. And my mom's wearing, like, special jewelry. Oh, she was dolled up, yeah. She's thinking this is an event, and she's immediately upset (laughs) by the lack of people here. Just in general, at the movie theater. She is yapping the ear off of this teenage girl, this high school sophomore. At the front of the, and she's she told your mom about the jewelry. yeah yeah got she the whole told, history lesson. She told this high school sophomore about the jewelry it as well. It was beautiful jewelry, right? <laughs> but she was like thinking like this was going to be a big night out. Right, we should have took her to, to Trumbull. Well, like, we should have at least warned her that she was coming to this. I town. tried to warn. I was like, yeah. Mom, this is going to be very anticlimactic. Yeah, nobody's going to be here. Yeah. We, Except nobody was there. You we were right. walked into the theater. It's just <laughs> us four. Now, this was a blessing and a curse, though. Yeah, because your mother was very excited to see Downton Abbey. She follows the show. That's why you were watching yeah. it as well. You watched along with her at times. And she had the opportunity, since we were the only four in the theater, to film my mother, who was not as familiar, yeah. in, in along the way. And it was, you know, we were talking. We were all having jokes. and ch- It was a fun viewing experience. It, it really was. was. I, I kind of liked doing that once yeah, in a while sure. coming to this town it happened with my brothers once too like we saw i forget what movie it was low stakes in this movie theater yeah <laughs> yeah so we just get to talk the whole time right so, exactly and so that was the good of it now let's let's talk about what we're covering today in downton abbey we are going to frame this as an oscar sprint profile right in osp for format reasons more than anything right and that. look look we had this on the schedule we could have done a movie event we could have done an oscar sprint profile so we're going to go osp and with osp sometimes we did it last year with the kindergarten teacher a couple of other movies a couple years ago as well we take chances every once in a while when we see potential of something maybe sniffing an oscars category some kind of oscars category we'll put it on the schedule for an osp and if it plays up and it it lives up to the expectations then we get the jump on covering something on the oscars early if it doesn't like we don't think this one necessarily does we're still going to be able to fill you in on it and let you know whether or not it's worth your time at all well-reviewed movie that a lot of people are going to see at some point surprising review surprising box office numbers i'd say i think there's a ton of fans out there whether they actually go to the theaters right. and see this I, I i worry 
I worry that it's going to make big money, but then again, I think a couple towns over, me skulking around Fandango, mm-hmm. curious. We're going to have a, a, something to talk about in specs with Yeah, that. so let's talk about what an OSP and what the breakdown usually is. If you've not joined us before for an Oscar Sprint profile, we do call those OSPs. We take would-be, should-be, and maybe Oscar-contending films. We put them through the paces of our Oscar Sprint profile-type review. It's two reviews for the price of one. We have a non-spoiler section. That's where we fill you in on the specs, the production, the performances, all that fun stuff. We won't spoil the plot about what happens in this movie and Boy, does stuff happen in this movie. <laughs> stuff happens to completion in this movie. Yes. <laughs> and then we have a spoiler warning dance break. That's why, you know, after that, we have the spoiler section. That's when we'll review what happens in the plot, what goes down, the ins and outs, the highs and lows. Uh, like we said, we thought this might have Oscar legs. We don't think it does. We'll get that out of the way right at the top. But Michael, because we did think this might have Oscar legs at one point, if yeah. I were to ask you in December of 2018, okay, mm-hmm. in the year of 2019... Coming up, a year in which we're getting films from Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. A year in which we'd welcome back to the film world performances by Joe Pesci and the latest from Jordan Peele. You wrote the shit out of this. A year in which we'd have the sequel to the most financially successful horror film of all time, as well as titans like Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman sharing the screen together in a movie for the first time in their careers. If I were to ask you in December of 2018, with all this going on in 2019... Do you think we'd be giving Oscar Sprint Profile breakdowns to the Cardi B, Jennifer Lopez stripper movie Hustlers, like we will be doing next week, and to the Downton Abbey movie, uh, what would your response have been? I'll have you know, sir, (laughs) that Downton Abbey has been nominated for many an Emmy and many a Golden Globe, and it has won many more. I, look, I, no, of course not. Of course not. And Hustlers was a huge surprise. We almost sure. inverted the schedule mm-hmm. and did that tonight, but we couldn't break the, right. the date with our moms. Of course not, yeah. That this meant a lot. And it was fun. I mean, it was a it was. fun night at the movies, and I had to speak very carefully about what I say, because your mom threatened me. I'll say it. She threatened me she a couple times. She did threaten you on the way out of there. <laughs> I recognized it immediately, and uh, I'm I'm happy because I kind of enjoyed myself at this movie too. Yeah, and I think you did too. We it's had, a, we had it's a, a yeah. We'll get to it, but it's a much better. It's easier to digest right. than I feared it would be at the outset. Let's get into it, Mike. Let's break down the cast and crew and some performances. All right, to refresh people who couldn't see the preview and who haven't watched all the recaps necessarily. If you're a fan, if you're not a fan, hopefully this gives you some frame of reference because Downton Abbey is all about the aristocracy, the royals. It's about a family tree, Mike. And we have Paddington's Hugh Bonneville. He is the magnificently chinned (laughs) Earl of Grantham. Okay? He's Robert. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is like a schmedium title in the English nobility. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has an American wife who's very rich, Cora, played by Elizabeth McGovern. And they are the Lord and Lady Viscount of this particular castle, Downton Abbey, which is a major presence and a, and a huge employer for the surrounding rural township. Okay? Right. So they, they have farms, they have out, you know factories, they have a lot of businesses that they own. They're well-to-do, but they're not the cream of the crop in Britain. In Britain, correct. Right. So Robert's mother is played by Maggie Smith, Dame Maggie Smith, that is. Who is awesome and everything. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, formerly the Lady of Downton. 
mountain, and now she's in this symbolic but respected role of the Dowager Countess. And she gets so many comedic relief lines. She's very quippy, very mm -hmm. one-linery throughout this. Uh, she is awesome and everything, like I said, but she was truly funny in this movie. Yeah, I mean, she basically gets to have tea and shit talk people all day. Right, all not the a bad existence. People. And she's, uh, you know, not in charge of anything anymore, but she, she has a great relationship with a couple of foils mm -hmm. that I'll get into in a minute. So Lord Robert and Lady Cora had three daughters, and there's no way to avoid some TV series spoilers here, so beware, because now I'm going to have to mention a few things. Michelle Dockery plays the eldest daughter, Lady Mary. Mm -hmm. One Globe, three Emmy noms for Dockery. Maggie Smith had a Globe and three Emmy wins for her role. Wow. But to get back to Dockery here... Her son by former husband Matthew, okay, that was Dan Stevens. Stevens, you'll recognize him from a million things out there. He wanted to star in movies, Michael. Okay. So he got written out of the show, and now Lady Mary is married to Stoker and the Watchmen movies' Matthew Good. Right. So she's Mrs. Talbot, Henry Talbot. Have, you, has your, have your eyes glazed over yet? So... Dan Stevens and Lady Mary's son, that's the next heir to all of Downton. Okay. Bottom line, okay? Laura Carmichael plays Lady Edith Pelham, all right? That's the middle sister. She actually has the greatest title in the family now because she married up. She was like just a total shit magnet for six seasons, Mike. Mm -hmm. And she had all these crazy things. She was like the quote-unquote ugly sister, the neglected sister. She had this Jane Eyre thing going on with the man she loved. How does crazy. it feel to you knowing that you could have put this brain power towards something? <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, Lady Carmichael is always this neglected sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she, in this movie, is flaunting it. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, she... I'm just going to start naming illnesses that we don't have cures for yet as you go on here, right? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but she she was the most beautiful woman in this movie. And Herpes. I, I think this was really good. And I think this is Julian Fellows, just a, a tip of the cap for six years of putting Edith through the ringer. So that was fun. Finally, Leukemia. the youngest sister, Sybil, was played by Jessica Brown Finley. She also wanted to do movies, but she picked the wrong movies, Michael. Winter's no, no. Tale, Victor Frankenstein. A bad call by her and Dan Stevens. I got to say, they wrote her off the show. Before that, she married the family's driver in a huge scandal, Tom Branson, right? Tom Branson is played by Freddie Mercury's manager in Bohemian Rhapsody, Alan Leach, and he might be the MVP of this movie. Yeah, I would say there's no question he's the MVP. He gets a ton of screen time as well. Yep. Did his performance jump off the screen? Did anyone's performance outside of Maggie Smith really jump off the screen? I, I think... Uh, I'm glad that Lady Mary's a bit sidelined. I'm glad that Big Chin Hugh Bonneville is <laughs> sidelined a bit. It's his nickname in high school. But, like what? What did who? Who was featured in this film? Like Edith is featured, Maggie Smith is featured, and the servants are featured. Yeah, I figure this is more fan service to the yes. fans of the show, and and we're gonna get into it. It's very very show like in some ways, not so much in other ways. But this was they didn't do a lot of exposition for people like me who are coming in cold and not knowing anything about yeah. any of these characters. You should have read the doc. 
jockey. You had, yeah, you got to kind of keep up. They don't give you a lot of backstory. They don't give you a lot of anything. I wouldn't have to go this slow if you had read the document. But I'm people... fine with you speeding up. <laughs> so, the, but that's only half this uh, profile, Michael, because <laughs> the best people are yet to come here. We have the servants, and mm-hmm. they're my favorite characters. The butler of Downton was Carson, played by Jim Carter. This is a man you have wept for on this program before. He has such a humongous face. He does. It's such, it's such and a, a booming voice. A booming voice, a low voice, a huge, lovable face. <laughs> and for six years, him and Mrs. Hughes basically played a would they, won't they, they were in love, we don't know, played by Phyllis Logan. They basically ran this castle together. It's like a charge. Ross and Rachel if both of them were geriatric and were on blood pressure medication. Correct. Right. But finally, they got to go to the beach take their shoes off, which was scandalous, Michael, <laughs> and dip their toes in the water, which was also a metaphor. That Michael. works much more as a metaphor than it does as something actual literal. It actually happened in the move in the in the show, I think the sixth season anyway. <laughs> Pretty glorious. All right, so Carson is forced to retire because he's got palsy that shows up at no point in this movie, by the way. So he's supposed to have whatever he has, whatever illness, but he's fine. Mm -hmm. He's just gardening in a vest, as you like to to put it. The, The dumbest. The dumbest. The man has a three-piece suit and he's gardening. He's digging up, like, dirt and stuff with a closed vest on. That's pretty funny. So Barrow takes over. Now, Barrow is quite the character. He is so mischievous throughout the series. Also happens to be gay with issues of depression. And it's some of the, perhaps the heaviest character, the most rounded character in the series. Certainly and brings up the most issues, I think, in this movie. One of the funniest characters, one of the, the funnest characters, I mean, I love love Barrow in the show mm-hmm. and he yeah he gets some uh, gets some serious plot lines in this as well so Barrow's in charge of Downton now the rest of the crew is kind of still in place you have Lady Mary's maid played by actress Joanne Froggett who won a Golden Globe in t- 2015 she's Anna Bates uh, her husband Master Bates played by Brendan nice Coyle job. is an old <laughs> war buddy of Lord it's Roberts old, old wooden ship <laughs> his personal footman Mike They've been in and out of prison. Did you just say Master Bates was an old footman? <laughs> I, I forget his first name. I just call him <laughs> Master. But they've been in and out of jail for six series of the show, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it there. All right, you have the cook, Mrs. Patmore, played by Leslie Nickel, her assistant Daisy, Sophie McShira, and another footman uh, that you got to meet in this episode, Mike, or this movie, Mosley. What did you think of Mosley, played by Kevin Doyle, today? I think the only person that could possibly be listening at this point (laughs) is your mother. (laughs) I'm almost done. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm almost done. The thing you need to know about this show, there's always, like, well-intentioned mischief going Uh on. And you saw that. And it's all of its glory in this episode. (laughs) These characters have been criticized, in a way, by you know, TV critics, as sincerity merchants. Would, would you agree with that characterization? Sincer- it's tough to even tell because everything just goes so according to plan yeah. at every step of the way. So yeah. to say they're any kind of, they're dealing in any emotion other than just, you know, I guess happiness is tough to sell. 
And they usually, like, used all this well-intentioned mischief to basically show the rich snobs a thing or two. Right. It's a little less in this movie, I would say. You're kind of showing a different group of snobs a thing or two. Bottom line is you need Vera Drake's Imelda Staunton, Peaky Blinders' Kate Phillips, and Geraldine James' Queen Mary to stir some shit up in this episode which is basically it, it, it that's it's what, exactly it is. what it is it's, it is an, an episode, episode like a maybe. double episode or something it's like a christmas special in many it's ways. exactly you said that and i think that is exactly on the money it says everything nothing goes wrong nothing really matters everything's just the same and if that's giving too much away so be it but that's but exactly I am, what we're dealing with i am finished with my longest casting forever <laughs> but i i figured it would be helpful to people who are not like you know familiar with the show and going in I'll now you, you have the family tree PBS thanks you for your hard work. <laughs> a Downton Abbey some specs. Or as I call it, where did it all go so wrong for me to be here? Written by Julian Fellows, who did the screenplay for the film as well as writing for the show from 2010 to 2015, according to IMDb. Yeah. With the show lasting until its final three episodes were aired in early 2016, Fellows' work in creating and curating the show would be the main reason Downton Abbey is held in such universally high regard in the annals of television history as it's IMDb's 107th highest rated television show of all time. It ranks in at number 66 mm. on Rolling Stone's top 100 greatest TV shows ever list, released in 2016, and currently sits at number 83 of IGN's ever rolling top 100 TV shows of all time list as well. It holds the record for most Emmy nominations all time for a show produced outside the U.S. with 69 nice noms to its name. Wow. See what I did there. Michael Angler was tasked <laughs> with directing this film, as he had done previously, for four of Abby's 52 episodes, which aired Angler, while primarily directing television the majority of his career has certainly been at the helm of some of the most legendary and generational shows of the past three decades including Sex and the City Six Feet Under 30 Rock and even goes all the way back to directing 15 episodes of Party of Five yeah that's and that's why it has the feel it does it's, I mean it's a television exactly show. it's it, this is tell and a lot of the people a lot of the extras are from the TV show as well it's right. true and true just a, a two-hour television program Every minute of two hours it is. My co-host will no doubt be giving this film a score of a perfect 100, but critic and reviewer sites have been slightly below that bar, with the first 100 or so reviews on IMDb scoring this film a 7.5. The first 41 critics score this film a 76% on Rotten Tomato. However, the first 16 critics on Metacritic have thus far scored the film an aggregate of a 60, ranging from Dave White of the Raps high of an 80 to Johnny Oleksinski of the New York Post's low of a 38. Mm. The movie lied to me because I could have sworn it was 93 minutes a couple days ago. Nope. I thought so, too. That's what it said. They changed the time, they right? Did. They changed the running time. Just as of today, it is a 122-minute runtime. I would argue that it's even longer. I have written next, but thankfully the credits take up about 10 to 15 total. That's not true. This movie runs for 122 minutes yeah. of screen time, so there's really 122 of the longest minutes of your life in there. A PG rating <laughs> attaches to this film, which if you follow our Twitter, at MM and Oscar, you would have seen a few weeks ago where we posted the story stating that advanced tickets for this movie was selling at a better rate than comparable films Mamma Mia Here We Go Again and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Big news. Even though Deadline projects that this film is only projected to open around 15 to 16 million dollars domestically admittedly that's higher than I would have thought this would open at honestly. Still. Right. That's where I I know you say it's a little lower than you expected but I I would not have expected this to do better than 10 really and it is. In the build up this week the show at its height had ratings like worldwide ratings like that would rival 
major sporting And events. it's held in high regard to this yeah. day still, even though, but yeah, 15 to 16 is the projected opening domestically for what it's going to do this week. And is that good? It's tough to say for now, as I couldn't find a listed budget for this feature, though Variety reported they did need to refurbish all of the sets after having them sit in storage for three years since the end of the show. Mm -hmm. And also it's important to remember that you can assign dollar values to human souls. So whatever that monetary amount is <laughs> must also be included into the cost of taking the time to sit and watch this movie. John Lund gets credit for the music as he you did for the this show. Before you saw it, though, <laughs> Mark Day gets the ending, gets the editing credit as he did for the Fantastic Beasts movie and Where to Find Those. Right. Ben Smither did the cinematography as he just did for the critically acclaimed Blinded by the Light. And Carnival mm -hmm. Films gets a production company credit as they did for the show. But it's Focus Features who get the distribution rights, who do have a lineage of successful Oscar campaigning. As just in the last few years, they were tasked at least in part with handling distribution for Phantom Thread. Black Klansman, and we'll be doing so for this year's Harriet as well. Those are the specs for Downton Abbey, Michael. So I'm going to review Blinded by the Light on the next MMOW, by the way. Other than that, I think uh, I think you took way too long. I can't believe... <laughs> How did you go that way? Yeah, I got I to gotta What a long production profile, you jerk. <laughs> Mike, uh, expectations, teaser review. We kind of already talked about our theater-going experience. So, I, think it's, I think this is all about the theater-going experience, honestly. Right. Like... If I were to see this without having our mothers there, without you, without being able to crack jokes, right. I cannot imagine giving this a passing grade. Honestly, I, it's just not for me because it's so nice. It's, it's nice. so inoffensive. There's no <laughs> drama whatsoever. The, the, there's drama, but it's resolved. Right. Like, it's more about the resolution. I think Julian Fellows is allergic to tension or his audience is allergic to tension. <laughs> right. He knows that there's an allergy to tension right. here. And I kind of broke the show's balls about this for okay. years, if I can use that phrase. Mm. I try to use crude phrases. We're trying to be classy now, yeah. No, I, I try to go the opposite way. But I think uh, I think when I, I... I mean, I started reading his newest novel, Belgravia. Belgravia. Okay. Okay, just started listening to that audiobook, And that is super tense. Like, I'm a couple hours in over the last couple of days, and there's, like, crazy scandals and serious drama, and it's drawn out for an hour at a time or, or a chapter at a right. time. It's different than what we had here. You know those online, those masterclass? that are taught by like celebrities and famous people there's like sure. Steve Martin will teach you comedy for an hour and a half I would love to see based on <laughs> a Downton Abbey's movie Julian Fellows teaches you suspense <laughs> and that it's just that's it it's the, the, the class he's like hello I'm Julian Fellows and then credits roll and that's it <laughs> there's none of that here Tarantino's whatsoever Tarantino's like stretch out the rubber band as long as it will go right. and, and Julian Fellows is literally just playing with rubber bands at his desk <laughs> flinging here. one no the, you have a rubber band you fling it to the next scene. You get rid of the rubber band. And the rubber band is gone. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Alright, so, production values. I think we both were expecting Oscar-level production values. What we got were very strong, but it, I don't think it's going to crack through at the end of the day. I would be very surprised. I, I think this is a good indicator of... We talk about the favorite a lot, and we compare this to the yes. favorite a lot with cinematography, and we talk about how half the work is already done in the cinematography if you go to a place like the Favorite's Castle or you go to Downton Abbey's Manor. Mm -hmm. This is a good juxtaposition between this and the favorite because it, you do have to do more to earn a cinematography nomination, even yes. though you have are, are in a beautiful place and are on location. Because the cinematography for, for this, there's some beautiful establishing shots, there's some drone shots, some crane shots of the manor, but I, they, that should have been the entire movie, and it wasn't. 
they could have taken advantage of, of the scenery right. much more often. Now, that being said, there's like seven or eight establishing yeah. shots, and they're gorgeous, yeah. right? And they're, they're drone shots. They're cr- they use this filler B-roll in between yeah. scenes, which I, I, I wanted more. I, I, I wanted more because we're in a beautiful place. And you did say many a times, so, wow, that's that's Yeah, that's it pretty. looks stunning. That's, it really that's does. excellent. We get a lot of that. I would say the biggest difference between the show and the film is the lighting. Like, the lighting right. seemed very movie lighting to me. Right. It, it was a different look, but... Otherwise, I think, Mike, you're making this for the television You're audience. absolutely making this for fans of the show. So 1,000%. Why would you deviate from the quote-unquote look of the show that much? I mean, obviously, like the, the opening credits of the show for six seasons is basically given the derivation of those credits it, in the opening scene of this movie where you have the messenger walking up to Downton Abbey, right. which I thought was brilliant because you're parallel. And that's how they end. That's the first shot, last shot of the movie, yeah. And and, and that's a lot of fun for t- uh, TV watchers. And I think they're, they're not trying to go out on a limb and offend people by giving it a whole different look, by by doing something you know audacious like fisheye lenses. You're like probably the right. The only counter I would have to that is that presumably... I mean, every episode of Downton Abbey was $1 million to $1.6 million, something in yeah. that range. So presumably you're going to make this for $20 million on a budget, 15 maybe. Probably. I mean, you have the money to spend, right? I think I think it's caught up in a lot of the normal TV shots for you, though, because, like, they did crane above the ball. They did, right. you know, they did... I mean, uh, this is shot right. like a multi-camera sitcom. It's like camera one to three, to two to three, to one, all in one room. That's pretty much what we're getting here. And I said Mm -hmm. to you a couple times, this is shot just like a television show. I never watched Downton Abbey the TV show, so I can't speak if they did the same thing there. But this is certainly a familiar look if you watch any TV drama. And it's funny you mentioned Blinded by the Light before, having similar crew members because that is shot like more like a movie than a tv show and, a, and there's big musical numbers and mm. there's you know a lot of trademark st- shots a lot of showy shots here other than those quote-unquote establishing right. shots one or two slow motion shots which i thought was oh interesting boy, with there's the one slow motion shot that is just <laughs> in the moment man <laughs> well it's fun it's fun because the shot in the trailer where the maid's like dusting off something right. and it's sunlight it's go- it's beautiful and then there's there's another slow motion yeah. later we'll talk about right. maybe in spoilers but <laughs> i think uh i think the production values are strong they're, they're very high i just wanted and but, was kind of expecting right. more is all but not they honest. are very they're not disappointing by any means unless you're looking for more of it so we hit on some of the performances already who do you think impressed you the most i mean is this a simple question because there's probably only one answer here and it ends with smith yeah i I mean she was you know she's the star of the show but she's also the biggest movie star that's in this cast for and she's in this cast for that reason so that's not really a surprise any favorites amongst the uh the servants that you like did you did you wind up liking carson more or what i figured i figured you you would be a carson guy at the end of the day i did like carson i liked the tension between carson and uh, barrow at the very beginning i thought that laid the groundwork for good comedy uh, Which was never resolved, really. By the way, listen, for I refuse to give you that because everything, everything is that resolved. Was resolved. <laughs> Barrow's still feeling a little upset. That I mean, this is in the trailer that Carson was called uh, out of retirement. There, I wonder if Branson, who is the MVP of this movie, does get a lot to do. I wonder if his star, since he was in Bohemian Rhapsody and that yeah. had such success, if they kind of wrote his role bigger in this movie on the back of him being in Bohemian, playing such a large role in that. Because I liked him, I did, but mm-hmm. 
you said he wasn't a very huge character within the show. To me, the show closed so many character stories. Mm-hmm. Like, you think the resolutions are in this movie. Like, my at the end of the show, <laughs> it was thoroughly, everything was so thoroughly resolved right. in so many ways. <laughs> like, to the point where, you know, Daisy, who had, like, it took the last episode to give her a new love interest that you meet in this movie. Uh. So... So, to to a T, every T was crossed, every I was dotted in the show for most of these characters. So they didn't and, really have anywhere to go. Except is what you're for Branson, gotcha. in a way. So that that was fun to see Branson get a little more storyline in this. I still think he kind of backed his way into the storyline. We'll talk about that in spoilers, but I agree with you. I thought I thought Branson's uh, an MVP. I liked Imelda Staunton. You thought Geraldine James's Queen Mary was. Glenn Close. They casted Glenn Close. She said no. I have no. This is not true. There's no evidence to back this up. This is my take. They wanted Glenn Close for the Queen of England role. She said no. So they said, okay, we're going to make this woman look like Glenn Close. I really think you need to get your eyes re-examined. <laughs> I don't see it. I think Glenn Close is like. There's only one person that looks like Glenn Close. Yeah. It's Glenn Close and it's this Geraldine woman with, James. with, right. with makeup right. on. I see where this conversation is going. All right, so those are the performances. Uh, script thoughts. This is a fun movie for fans, right? This is this is fan service to a T. If you're expecting like this Oscar-winning screenplay that forces you to suffer, you're not getting that here. Yeah, it's not stuffy. It's certainly not as stuffy as I thought it would be. It doesn't take itself very seriously. I don't know if the show has that tone overall, but this is very lighthearted. Well, it's a, in a way the show resolves things quickly. Right. Let's let's be honest. But the show hits heavier notes. The show has is filled with tragedy. You said, Chris, like, I can't get over it. Christmas special is perfect for what this was. Yeah. Like, you're just getting, you're reviewing all your characters, you're revisiting them, you're having a fun time with them, and they're gone an hour or two later. It's a fun adventure with these characters yeah. again, where it's like we're checking in right. with the cast of Downton Abbey. But don't worry, because nothing's happening. And, <laughs> yeah, but everybody's talking about how this is going to be the first in a trilogy of movies, Mike. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine if this is a first of a trilogy? Your mother films? walked out of the theater saying, "I can't wait for the next one." <laughs> so I, I guess fans I maybe want, like, are expecting that to be holding fast. So, like, I'm just trying to think of the story arcs. Like, what is the second movie? The second movie is the dark movie. No, absolutely. This movie wasn't <laughs> yeah, dark. No. The second movie's going to be some kind of tension with a tax or something. Right. Or the land's not going to be fertile enough for the farmers. They're two years away from the Great Depression, though. I mean, that's, that's something. <laughs> That would be a hell of a dark turn after what we saw in this. Well, that's what I'm saying. The show is much darker than this movie. Like this is a fun, right. like it is a fun time at the movie. Well, so if this, you're this thumbs its nose at darkness too. Right. Like there's opportunities where this could get very bleak, and it just does not. No. <laughs> so Oscar lens, we don't think so. I don't think anything. I really don't. Maybe costume. Maybe costume. That's like the only. Maybe costume. The only way because there are beautiful dresses. Right. Absolutely gorgeous outfits in this. Yes. Maybe. On everybody. Yeah. So yeah. that that's a possibility. Um, any final non-spoiler thoughts? This was a surprising watch from me. We've gone over thirty minutes in the non-spoiler y- section. You're very upset with me. <laughs> I, yeah, let's move on. Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. Spoilers.
spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers. Mike, Mike, and Oscar! Oscar Sprint spoilers! This is the spoiler section for the Oscar Sprint profile of Downton Abbey, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, if you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause, go out to your local theater, and you should go out to your local theater and go check this one out. It is a fun time with movies. Bring friends, go to an empty theater. I got a good town if you need an advice or a recommendation for one. Uh, if There's you... plenty of seats available in that town, <laughs> you've yes. seen this movie already, or if you're just curious to hear our thoughts, or if we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much in the non-spoiler section that you cannot possibly go another minute without hearing our takes on what happened in Downton Abbey. This is where you want to be all spoilers all the time the oscar sprint profile of downton abbey brought to you by mike mike and oscar michael i i open with this question yeah we talk about how everything was conveniently wrapped up we talk about how uplifting and happy this movie was overall i said in the non-spoiler section how it could have gotten bleak at times right um I, i'm gonna give you three storylines okay that a movie could have that a single movie could have I want you to tell me which of those three is is the main storyline <laughs> and which are the, the beasts. Yes. Okay. Okay, very good. Right. So we have uh, one, an assassination attempt on the King of England. On the King of England. On the King of England. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, two, someone is stealing priceless antiques from an English manor. Yeah. All right. Big, big story. Three, the kitchen staff is positing an uprising in order to cook a meal. Right, that's right. that's so a story. Which, which there too. of those is the A? Which of those is the you B? For, you forgot the closeted gay butler <laughs> gets found out and arrested, <laughs> which know, is horrifying. He's yeah. about to be ruined and hung from yeah. the neck until dead, or right? whatever they did. Har- absolutely horrifying. You're right. Those barbarians back in the day, I mean, 1920s, terrifying, yep. terrifying, and sad. Treated as subhuman. Absolutely. You're exactly right, Michael. All they bury all the leads in this movie. The outside of the chef, the cook one, <laughs> assassination attempt on the King of England, priceless antiques, societal dictation on what it was like back in the 1920s for gay people. These conflicts are all brought up and resolved within three scenes of, right. the, of them it's coming like ten up. Ten minutes Ten minutes east. And, and gone. And it's really fun to yeah. get those glimpses <laughs> into the real tragic life of the TV series in many ways. Right. The TV series it had a lot of that and had a lot of tragedy in there. And I was expecting somebody to die in this movie. I thought Big Chin I thought so. I thought someone done. Or Carson was my, my guess. Yeah. I mean, there's so many old people. They're really old. <laughs> you know, we're old, Jesus but they're Christ. really old. So <laughs> yeah, okay. somebody's got to be old um, and, and go down. The, the cook storyline is that what is the main this, story. that's the main through line of this the king and, <laughs> king and queen of england are visiting downton abbey and the main through line is that the downton abbey staff. chefs yeah. and staff and butlers are being replaced by the king and queen's own and they come in and the king and queen staff tries to give them orders and so the downton abbey staff poses an uprising and they do everything so they can serve the king and queen and cook for them. And that's the fun Christmas special right. nature of right. this. Because this is a silly adventure. And it's self-contained. Yeah. It's over once the movie is over because the king and queen leave and we're left with this extravagant ball that all our favorite characters get up and dress to the nines and dance through. I mean, this is cookie cutter. It's cookie cutter, but it's almost brazen in how low stakes it is. Isn't yeah, it? I, I, can, I, can I you, can give you that. Like, I, like the show was not... 
that way. I, right. I can't. I keep going back to the show has heavy, serious stuff. You have death and tragedy and scandal and and it goes from episode to episode. And, and it was Julie Fellows who wrote. Right. I mean, he was in charge of the show for all those years, so he was the one writing and okaying these. And things. his novels are not that way mm-hmm. at all. I mean, there's serious stuff going on, and he draws it out much more. Here, it's just. Carson, I mean, the payoff of this movie is Carson giving that look to the king's <laughs> butler who he had locked in his room. Oh, that's beautiful, too. There's so many other little storylines that just don't make sense if you give them any thought because at one point, <laughs> in order to have this uprising, they needed to lock the king's butler and the king's chef in their rooms. Right. But enough time passes where conventionally the subtext of what happens is that there's two grown men behind locked doors in this hallway of this manor pounding on the door screaming for anyone to save them while the king and queen are probably mere feet away. <laughs> I, I think they're they're in the shack behind Downton Abbey. Oh, it's a like, separate building, like you, you think? You, okay. you get to see the uh, the servants' quarters. I hope so. Still, they are imprisoned against <laughs> right. their will. It's false imprisonment and until the next morning where they're like, why didn't anyone get me? The locks tend to stick. <laughs> but they knew they were... They right. knew they were right. bested. We've they been were, felonized against. They, but they were bested. It was a tip of the cap to you, sir. And I will not cause a ruckus. The the cookie-cutter nature of this right. uh, extends itself even more so. They tried to have some twists in the narrative, mm-hmm. I would say. You were ahead of every single one of them. I literally guessed like four <laughs> of the major ones. Right. right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I usually don't like to brag, but I can brag. No, you okay. were a hundred. Yeah. I mean, outside of one guess, which you immediately retconned it from the improper right. guess to a scene later correcting your guess and it being the correct guess, you had every twist in this, including there was a, a bastard daughter storyline that turns into that turns into an heiress situation. So that was just a perfect opportunity to have Maggie Smith on this, you know, mission, right? This mission to get her doofus of a son more money. <laughs> Because the, the whole problem I've always had with Mary and Robert is that they complain constantly. They have nothing to do. No, literally. Even Mary's like, well, nobody polished the silverware. My, so Barrow didn't polish the silverware on time. I should just sell Downton. I should just sell it all. This is I an actual believe. conversation that happens. Yeah, and I have to get Carson. <laughs> Only Carson can rectify this situation where the silver hasn't been polished for a week. It was polished last week, but it hasn't been polished since then. What if they find a speck of dust? And Mary's like, and, and, and Robert, they're always fawning over these non-issues. Totally non-issues. Maggie Smith wants to get them more money and more power. and No, they (laughs) don't deserve it at all. So it's fun that Maggie Smith, by her doctor friend, you know, Dan Stevens' mother, who's always been the foil, because she's the voice of practicality, right? So Maggie Smith is just the caught up in all the drama mm-hmm. of it like her bimbo son and and granddaughter and that's why that like at the end where maggie smith is like i'm you know i, I don't want to i don't even know if i want to spoil that in spoilers in a way <laughs> i'm like afraid because if somebody kept listening because they're afraid of what's going to happen well no, i don't think there's any you know that's where they try to enter some seriousness at the very end anyway she pays the ultimate compliment to her granddaughter mary but right. all that whole plot line with the Maggie Smith and the the bastard daughter, is just a way to have Dame Maggie Smith just prove to be a good person in, right. in many ways, and that's what the show does a lot. 
I'm not going to lie. It, like like I said, they're sincerity merchants, but mm-hmm. it, it, it gives you a good feeling in a way, right? Because she's, yeah, she's sure, not going to react sure. the wrong way, even though she's, you know, talking some shit the oh, yeah. whole movie. Uh, she's very conniving, and she's very manipulative, but she's self-aware. She knows she's being right. this way, which only adds to her performance, I think. And as far as the, the big reveal by Maggie Smith's character at the end of it, I guess we won't give it away, but it's an easy out for her to either not return to the series yeah. if they do do a second and third movie, or come back if she wants to. It's up to her, really, I guess, whatever they want to do with her. That's one of the big things about the show as well, where you have... All of these rich snobs, and they they did grow. They that's why I was like, "There's a move." Like I thought this was wrapped up with a bow. Right, right. There was no more story go? to have. Like, what's the story? And even if you do have a story, you think it'd be a major shift, right? And not here because Robert is already. I mean, he's his daughters have had bastard sons, right. and there's all kinds of like the Downton Abbey is one of the more pro, like it's a progressive for today's day and age in many ways. Uh, sure. At times, which is great to see on, a, on an old yeah. English costume drama Agree. that were, were that way. Uh, so it, I didn't see a lot of places to go, and boy, I was right, Michael, <laughs> this is just like a fun revisit. And uh, th- I think that's the, the thesis statement. It reminded me of Columbo, the King assassination attempt. It's like when you were like, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, the one new character, the one guest star that's out of place in mm-hmm. this gathering, this reunion show. Happens to be the guy that's going to try to kill the king. He might as well have had a (laughs) twirled mustache and a hairless cat that he pet in previous scenes with a scepter for no reason. But yeah, that guy, like immediately I saw him and I thought he was from the series, but then my mother screamed across the aisle, he's a new character. Your mother. Everyone should see this movie with your mother. Because the running (laughs) commentary, the open rooting she was, like clapping and cheering for certain things, it did bring joy to my she heart. loved it. She's she like did, the yeah. Number one fan. And she's a heart. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the takeaway, the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway from this. It's like we're not trashing it, but we're just criticizing how easy in nature it is to take in. But it's fan yeah. servicing. It placates in hell. It's, it's what people want. And I think it's super successful at that. Yeah, and I would I agree. Think you're if you're if your a, mother's any indication. Yeah, I mean if you're a fan, of, and even me who yeah. kind of hate watched it. Yeah. On Sunday nights because after family dinners. I enjoyed this. Right. And I enjoyed the fact that, all right, I'm, I get to shit talk Mosley again. And Mosley <laughs> gets to step in it again. And I love that. And I love that Barrow is just, you know, he's he's got an axe to grind right. again. And it's, ni- it's nice to see all these characters. We don't get a lot of baits. We don't, like, there are two major characters in the, the story, Anna and Master. They're ma- major characters. We don't get them at all. Like he's okay. he's framed for a murder. Then she's framed for a murder. That's the TV series, and that goes on like two seasons at a time. Michael, good God, we didn't have a suggestion of murder outside of this no. three scene arc with the king. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I thought Branson was playing it. T- Terribly. He is <laughs> hand-holding this man. The villain, yeah. The villain of the story uh, trying to assassinate the king. Basically to the parade. Like, okay, I'll just... I will go to the bar and feed this man inf- information on right. all the goings-on of what's about to happen. And just to see what's what. Right, just to make sure he's a bad guy. <laughs> and, but he actually... He, Branson exceeded my expectations. For well, that's good. So that that's was good. Fun. I thought I thought he was going to totally embarrass everyone and maybe that would have made for a 
more juicier plot, but probably. <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, do we have any commentary about the gay club? Is is the homosexuality anything that was brought up and touched on or commented well, on in the series for six years with Barrow? Yeah. Okay. And and it's it, it's re- again it's a refreshing portrayal in the series, and it's sad at times. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, right. he's a tragic character in many ways. So this looked like this was a terrifying scene. It looked they, like a tragic yeah, scene. Yeah, they wait an hour and a half to get into this. He's brought to this gay club that's hidden. They're behind closed doors essentially. Mm. It's this private club. The cops bust in and they call them all. All the men there, disgusting perverts. They're gonna put them all in jail just basically because they're gay. Yeah, you're exactly right here. You could have had a whole movie on this. Right. That could have been high drama, intense. Everybody's freaking out the whole film. Right. I mean, they could have provided some social commentary. They kind of even stopped short of that. Which maybe, if you're looking at it critically, in a way, yeah. is its own commentary that these things should just be taken in stride. It and... just gave him happiness. Exactly. Which right. is, everybody is given happiness right. in this uh, it's, movie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> just like they're given the next tea and, what is it, crum- crumpets or whatever. And he, again, like these rich people, all they do all day is have this, this group of servants serving them all day. They just go from brunch to lunch to dinner and then evening attire and then they just get changed and dressed and then they have cigar time and that's the whole show but they always complain and the servants are doing all the work so i root for the servants to my i guess i'll, I'll echo something i said in non-spoiler section i'm happy that this was more of the servant's story than the royals and oh, it su- certainly was i'm surprised by that because you had the visit of the king and queen but that's just all for the backdrop right which and is fun i think that's best illuminated or illustrated by the big dramatic slow motion of success <laughs> point this right. is the highest tension of the movie right. is when the downton staff is about to serve the king the and queen footman. and we have this slow motion delivery of dinner can they <laughs> on silver it? plates going towards royalty and again, so funny you know for people that worried that this was going to be a hard critique of rich people it's not even that no, it's really because not. when mosley speaks out of turn and this could have been seen as a major right. gaffe a humiliating gaffe where six years ago or really whatever it is because 1914 and 1927 13 years ago mm-hmm. robert would have basically had the guy flogged but mosley speaks out because he's been a school teacher the last five years mm-hmm. instead of being a footman and he just can't help himself he's probably talking all day and he loves to talk just like you and i believe, by the way. but <laughs> what a jerk talking all the time and giving nobody a chance to speak you know as well as him so mosley steps in and the queen saves him mike yeah bails him out says we're very used to people acting strange when we're around everyone's just so nice except for the one guy that tried to kill the king <laughs> but thank god that was dealt with in efficiency well, even the cop who locks up all the gay men is like oh well of course we'll release him because of that card you just showed it's him. unbelievable that whole storyline is literally wrapped up because of a suggestion that uh, and i don't even know who yeah. who, who was uh, the, the love interest there i forget the he was the backup footman, Mike. Right, right. That's it. He's the he only <laughs> dresses the king if the regular if footman. The first is guy's sick. sick. <laughs> Handsome Wellington, we'll call him. Handsome Wellington. Handsome Wellington is flashes his card, shows that he's part of the kings and the royal family. Yeah, here. and it's nice to have Barrow. You know, give you know he gets a little happiness there. That literally took three scenes. Three scenes, very quickly. Cops bust in, throw him in the back of the wagon. Scary. 
gets by. I thought we show. had an act through. So two. did I. You know, all right, now we got an act two and three. So did I. This but, is it. But no, act three, at the end of act three anyway, <laughs> is this ball that we've been building to the entire mm. time. We're done away with our serious storylines, including the thievery that was going on by what turns out to be the dressmaker. Right. Of the, of the queen. You she had a sharp face. <laughs> I knew I knew it from the beginning. She's a klepto. It was, it was a sharp, <laughs> angular face. They did it. try with that storyline. Yeah. To have some kind of dueling ideology of, like, classism. Sure. Like, why do the rich people get all these nice things? They won't even notice if I take them and steal them. Versus, but they're not your things to take and steal. I did like that line of argument, but it was just... Stated, just spit exactly. out. Yeah, right, it's right. Not really, it's not, it doesn't work its way into the plot. It's not really dramatized, <laughs> but it, it is this theme that it was stated in the movie. Yes. yes. So we do end on this ball. Everyone's very pretty. We have a choreographed waltz, which is very nice to see from above. Lady Edith's plotline immediately resolved because the queen talked to the king. And you of didn't course, even have to resolve that one. Like I had forgotten about it. Yeah, it's gonna be a shitty, you know, couple of months. Like the husband wouldn't be there for the birth of the child. You know, somebody meet a you know professional ball player. None of them are there for the births of their children. It happens sometimes. You know, you got a tough job. You right. got to do it. You right. got to travel. But right. of course, that is resolved immediately, and everything's resolved. Everything is resolved. <laughs> Should be the tagline of this movie. <laughs> Downton Abbey, the movie. Everything is it's a resolved. happy movie. Yes, it's a happy movie. And um, if you want to go see a happy movie, this is the kind of thing you do. And it is a happy movie, and there are goods to be had by it. They don't rise to the level of Oscar goods, I wouldn't say, right. but they certainly do rise to the level of entertainment goods. I had a much, much better time at this than I thought yeah, I would. Me too. Me too. I was in a miserable mood about four hours ago, the text, thinking about having to see this movie. The text that you were sending, especially me. when I found out it was two hours and not yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah, but. I'm glad I went. I'm glad we were, we went with our mothers. It was a fun time. I do. I think I land on that as well. I'm probably going to be biased in my grading because I had such a better time than I thought I would. Well, good. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk about final grades. What you have for this? I think I'm a B85. Like this is a completely innocent, yeah. fun experience at the movies, and I hope it does well. And I hope they make two more of these that make our mothers happy. And I hope your mom goes back and watches all six seasons of the show, no. and then she'll, no. <laughs> she'll enjoy it, and she'll talk to you about it, and maybe force you to watch it. Do them. not do this to me. <laughs> no, I, I think people will like this. I, I agree. And if you, again, if your mother, seriously, she seemed to be a very hardcore fan. She dressed up, I mean, for Christ's sake. She put on jewelry to have a night out. God bless her. She looked The jewelry looked awesome. She so, looked great. The four of us were in there, all ready to talk throughout yeah. the movie. We were happy. I just pictured, like, literally, can you imagine if just, like, two people walked in in full, like, dressing G- gabby gown. gear? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the butler! <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire voice. <laughs> you don't mind being silent throughout the picture, do you? Throughout the motion film, do you? <laughs> it, it, it didn't happen, thank no, God. But I, that was my fear before it did but uh yeah i'm with you there i like a b minus b it's mm-hmm. it's entertaining and there were a lot of laughs i, I don't know if we stressed that enough too, right. but whether intentional or not there was a lot to laugh at in just this. you know the facial this cast understands how to play off each other sure. at this point they understand what looks you know they're known for at this point right. so you get a lot of that and that's fan service as well and that's the the, the thesis statement of this movie ultimate 
fan service. Very much so. I hope this makes money. I really do. Typically I know I'm can. not usually like that with uh, franchise <laughs> properties, but let's get the uh, Downton Abbey cinematic universe going. If for no other reason than to please our mothers. It's going. It's going. <laughs> I think it is. We want to know your thoughts, questions, concerns, comments. Did you see Downton Abbey? Do you plan on seeing it? And if so, do you have any attachment to the to the series beforehand? Well, if so or if not, want to hear all that from you. As well as comments, questions, concerns about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can reach out to us and leave us those at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, mm and oscar on the twitter machine mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts including and especially apple podcasts if you go to your itunes or your apple podcast your podcast app uh tap on that in the lower right hand corner just tap search type in mike mike and oscar hit submit you'll be able to see our logo there just tap on that scroll down once if you can leave us a five-star review we're up to over a hundred five-star reviews right now so thank you very much yeah. for that 111 awesome. or 116 yeah, I thought something like yeah. that Thank you guys you have guys. been great, so keep that up. Keep spreading the word. If you could tell two or three friends, they want to feel good about themselves in 30 seconds. It only takes 30 seconds yes. to leave us a five-star review. And, hey, leave us a comment as well. Maybe we'll read one of those live out on air. Michael, what's coming next from MMO? And what's some words of wisdom? If you can deliver it in a hackneyed British accent, I think that'd be for the best. A hackneyed yeah. one, huh? Well, Maybe the lower-class one. It is wise to resolve your plot lines, whether that's <laughs> in a harrowing drama or a fan servicey Christmas special type of a movie. It is wise to resolve your plot lines, and we learned that here. And they and they really did a nice job with that. Yes, even if it was very thorough. They job. did a hell of a job with that. I don't know when people are going to be listening to this section. I really don't. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to tell them. All I, here's what we do: we do rewatch series. We're doing the Joker rewatch series. We just did the Tarantino rewatch series, the Pixar rewatch series, MCU, all that. We're gonna finish up that Joker series uh, leading up to the. Joaquin Phoenix film that we're, we're happy about because we use these rewatch series to build up towards Oscar films. Yes. So mission accomplished yet again for us because that's getting a ton of buzz. We have Oscar Race Checkpoint, which is our new weekly award season, you know, news variety. We got special segments on that. We just had an interview with Next Best Pictures, Matt Neglia. Yeah. We'll have guests on that show. We got our other weekly news and variety show, MMO Weekly, which has got a lot of audience interaction. It's where we play games. It's where we touch on things with a more popular taste, but we will also use that throughout award season to cover stories in a timely fashion, like the TIFF Audience Award winner yep. and you know Gotham Awards, etc., etc. We'll eventually flip-flop the, the scheduling of both of those shows, Monday and Thursday, uh, respectively, right now. MMOW is on Monday and Orc is on. I'm call, we've been calling it Orc. Yeah, we call lately. it Orc behind the scenes. Yeah, is ORC. On, yeah, the weekend, Friday, Saturday there. And finally, Mike, we do movie events. Sure and do. This probably should have been a movie event. This I was know a better movie event than It Chapter Two was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we just did It Chapter Two by about ten points. We're gonna have Hustlers. <laughs> that's shockingly gonna be an Oscar sprint profile, and we're thrilled for that. Blame Scott Feinberg. Ad Astra also getting high meta scores. That we'll be covering that Judy in a couple of weeks. You can't kill it, Disney. <laughs> you can't kill them. <laughs> so we got a lot of great movies coming down the pike. We will be hitting on them all. We hope, we think, we're, we're happy about it. But this this was a fun little night out. And in a British accent? Well, Michael, <laughs> I think the British aristocracy is not as tough-shirted and hoity as you might think. Thank you. <laughs> I hate myself, by the way, for the record. When reality sucks, you can come watch these movies in any accent you want with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you soon. <laughs> see you.